Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. Today on The Charlie Kirk Show, I dive into recent attacks against Tucker Carlson, and I go into this new Wall Street Journal poll where a majority of Americans think that we are an awful country. Pretty sad results. Tomorrow we are going to bring you the middle class revival episode. It was promised today, but we are going to move it one day because this poll that came out by the Wall Street Journal is too important that we cannot miss it. Please consider supporting our program at charliekirk.com slash support. charliekirk.com slash support to help keep us safe and secure and self-sufficient from left-wing boycotts and protests. It's charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, or comments or feedback or things that you think we should be covering or that things that you think we should get into at freedom at charliekirk.com. Take out your phone and email us and type in Charlie Kirk for your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button right now. Get five friends to also subscribe to The Charlie Kirk Show. This show is growing in the charts. It's growing in every way you can measure, and we need your support at Charlie Kirk. Show, type in, subscribe, screenshot it, email us at freedom at com if you want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine. Big show in store, everybody. Buckle up. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Legacy Box is a super simple mail-in service to have all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, Film reels and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or cloud. I love Legacy Box. All my family's archives, my ancestors that fought in the Civil War and that fought in the Revolutionary War, now I have all their pictures on Legacy Box. Are your family's memories trapped on an old camcorder tape or film reels? Was your favorite childhood memory caught on film or videotape and maybe it disappeared and you're regretful for that? Well, do something about it by going to Legacy Box. It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie and get 40% off your first order. You just mail it in, they catalog it, send all the originals back to you, and a digital file. Do you need to rescue your recorded memories but haven't had any time to know where to start? Do you want these irreplaceable moments forever? Have them digitally preserved so they stand the test of time and can be passed down for generations to come. Get back perfectly preserved digital copies on a thumb drive. It's LegacyBox.com slash Charlie. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you're ready. Legacy box.com slash charlie save 40 percent while supplies last the democrat media mob is coming for the fighters we've been talking a lot about the need to fight on this program on the charlie kirk show about how people need to rise up against the lies rise up against the lies and rise up against the propaganda machine that has infected our entire country one of the people that has been fighting effectively and has been standing for truth is tucker carlson Recently, Tucker Carlson on his show offered an incredibly powerful rebuke of the New York Times. 
for an upcoming story in which he purports the New York Times plans to publish his family's home address play tape. Last week, the New York Times began working on a story about where my family and I live. As a matter of journalism, there is no conceivable justification for a story like that. The paper is not alleging we've done anything wrong, and we haven't. We pay our taxes. We like our neighbors. We've never had a dispute with anyone. So why is the New York Times doing a story on the location of my family's house? Well, you know why. To hurt us. To injure my wife and kids so that I will shut up and stop disagreeing with them. They believe in force. We've learned that. Two years ago, a left-wing journalist publicized our home address in Washington. A group of screaming Antifa lunatics showed up while I was at work. They vandalized our home. They threatened my wife. She called 911 while hiding in a closet. A few weeks later, they showed up again at our house. For the next year, they sent letters to our home threatening to kill us. We tried to ignore it. It felt cowardly to sell our home and leave. We raised our kids there in the neighborhood, and we loved it. But in the end, that's what we did. We have four children. It just wasn't worth it. But the New York Times followed us. The paper has assigned a political activist called Murray Carpenter to write a story about where we are now. They've hired a photographer called Tristan Spinsky to take pictures. Their story about where we live is slated to run in the paper this week. Editors there know exactly what will happen to my family when it does run. I called them today and I told them, but they didn't care. They hate my politics. They want this show off the air. If one of my children gets hurt because of a story they wrote, they won't consider it collateral damage. They know it's the whole point of the exercise to inflict pain on our family, to terrorize us, to control what we say. I have dealt with reporters all throughout this activist media community. There are some people that just do their job and they're kind of not worth mentioning. And there are some awful people that work for some of these institutions that are activist driven and want to destroy your life. I've dealt with a pack of these reporters in just the last six or seven months, relentlessly trying to destroy this podcast and this program. So understand, they're coming after me. They're coming after Tucker Carlson. They're coming after all of us. And for those of you that go to charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support, you're allowing us to stay strong, stay funded, and stay well-staffed because they come after all of the sources of revenue of this program. Now, this comes right after Antifa, the radical terrorist organization of the Democrat Party, has harassed Tucker Carlson for two years, sending threatening letters to his home and attempting to beat down his door with his wife and children inside. Now, does the New York Times feel any remorse? No. Of course they don't. Because they know what they're doing, and they know that if they're able to silence one of the strongest voices against the left-wing propaganda machine, then they win. And if you dare defend your home from the mob, from people trying to break in to rape your family members or steal your possessions or possibly kill you or burn down your home, and then, well, if you do that, if you defend yourself, then maybe the law will come for you too. This week, it was announced that the McCloskey family of St. Louis will be charged with unlawful brandishing of weapons after a BLM Inc. mob broke through iron gates, trespassed on their property, and roved through their streets. I saw the video. They literally tore down the iron gate going into their mansion, trespassed all across their property. If you are not able to use a weapon to defend yourself in that circumstance with lawful breaking and entering, when can you use a weapon? This was not a public park. 
This was not the middle of a street. This wasn't a school zone. This was a private property where BLM Inc. terrorists decide to just bulldoze down a gate and go terrorize someone that they disagree with. Now, the McCloskeys saw the carnage that these type of mobs created in cities across the country. And mind you, they called the police and the police did nothing. The police decided just to stay out of this one. And so they did what any decent American would do, arm themselves and try to defend their property. Now, mind you, they never fired their weapon. Mind you, they never used their weapon. And as soon as they brought out their weapons, the mob quickly disappeared. And so now a DA who is funded by George Soros, district attorney, brought forth charges that will likely fall flat because the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, has promised the McCloskeys that they'll be pardoned should they be convicted. Good for Governor Parson. He should do a preemptive pardon to just get this circus over with so that they are not mounting legal bills. And expect him to be the next person on the left's hit list. You see, the left is an endless swarm trying to personally and categorically destroy all of us. And if you think that, oh, they're never going to come after me, that they'll eat me last, you're wrong. They'll do this on a micro level. They will find every conservative across every single high school, college, and middle school. They will find out one thing you did wrong and try to get you kicked out of college, like I've seen so many times before with young conservatives. They'll try to kick you out of fraternities and sororities. They're coming after all of you. They are trying to destroy our life, and sometimes they're succeeding. So there's two lessons of this. Number one, we have to stick together a lot better. We have to have each other's back. We have to not take these activist media hit pieces against one another seriously at all. We have to understand that people make mistakes, and sometimes we have to just take that as part of the human condition and not defend the indefensible. But if someone says something foolish or does something you know, that they regret and they apologize for it or you know, they hired somebody that they shouldn't have hired or whatever, you don't all of a sudden join the swarm and the symphony of attacks against an ally. You don't join the tidal wave of repudiation because you think the left would do that when we go after one of their own people. A great example is Joy Reid. Joy Reid is one of the most dishonest, one of the most dangerous people in media. She now has a television show on MSNBC. It used to be a weekend show where no one used to watch it. Now they promoted her to, I think, a primetime show. It's somewhere around there. Now there have been an incredible amount of research done of how Joy Reid was a 9-11 truther. She said horrendous comments that were homophobic that if a conservative said, they would have been completely kicked off air and they never would have been allowed back this is all on Joy Reid's blog posts, all about how Charlie Crist is not gay and things all over her website that are just awful. And Politico even had a story that said, MSNBC stays silent as Joy Reid comes under more scrutiny. She also said horrendous things about the state of Israel, where Joy Reid, the MSNBC host, criticized Jews and Ariel Sharon in old blog posts. She, said, she even defended Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, where she said, Iran's president, to my knowledge, hasn't said he wants to destroy America. It's amazing. Of course he says. He says it all the time. And then Reed asked, how does the modern Jewish teen spend her bat mitzvah? Reed asked, according to screenshots obtained by the Daily Caller. Answering her own question, Reed wrote, why the Irv Gatti and his soon-be rudderless label icons, Ashanti and Ja Rule, plus Amaron, and about half a million dollars of your parents of cash, that's how. And then she said, oh, and you use the night to launch your own clothing line too? Bling, bling. Of course, playing into dangerous anti-Semitic stereotypes. 
she continued by saying, for Israelis, the qualities that provoke dread and bleeding hearts like me clearly elicited, elicited a sense of security and stability, she wrote on January 6, 2006. I've never been a friend of Ariel Sharon. He remains in my mind a rather thuggish figure, eternally leaked to Sabra and Shatila massacres, which by rights have driven him from public life. And it goes on and on and on of this incredible anti-Semitic language by Joy Reid. And of course, she gets away with it. And MSNBC host Joy Reid said, Akadim Ajad was right. Israel shouldn't exist. Joy Reid slammed the establishment of Israel, said Arin's Akadim Ajad was right in denunciations of the Jewish state. Yeah, pretty mainstream opinion. And yet she still has a job. Not only does she still have a job, she has a primetime job on MSNBC. And we're just supposed to take that serious because the left always has each other's back. And then she claims that her blog was actually hacked. She claims that the blog was hacked by people that wanted to make her look bad. And it's just incredible hypocrisy. You look at how the right is judged for things sometimes they don't say, but just people around them say. And you look at how people on the left are willing to do whatever they want to do and never held accountable. So that's one of the lessons. We have to have each other's back more. We have to defend each other a lot more. Because if we are serious about the culture war that we are in right now, if we are serious about the stakes of the future of America— There are not many courageous allies out there. We have gone through in great detail how a vast majority of people in the Senate and House Republican establishment have just decided to completely sit this one out. Future of America at stake? Not for me. Future of America at stake? Not something I really want to get engaged with. Not something that I care that much about. Eh, So what if people say America is racist, bigoted, and awful? Not for me to get engaged with. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want to know what you're listening to, to be what you're actually listening to, not what your roommates, your neighbors, or someone making trouble around you is listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. But before you go dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start about half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they are sound just as amazing as the other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, more compact design that gives you nice noise-isolating fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable, perfect for conference calls and binging on podcasts. Unlike some other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Cardi B, and so many more. They're all obsessed with Raycon, so pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about. Go right now to buyraycon.com slash Kirk. Get 15% off your order. Buyraycon.com slash Kirk. 15% off your order. Buyraycon.com slash Kirk. And that segues perfectly to something that has been bothering me all day. The Wall Street Journal came out with a poll that asked, Americans think America is a racist country? Question mark. I said this. Voters in growing numbers believe that black and Hispanic Americans are discriminated against. And a majority of 56% hold the view that American society is racist, a new Wall Street Journal NBC poll finds. So this, there's two lessons from this as well. According to the Wall Street Journal, which is not exactly the Huffington Post, 56% of Americans believe American society is racist. So lesson number one. People will believe what they're told, just unquestionably. Sure, America's racist. You're right. I forgot. Now I believe that. And 
there's a, there's another lesson. There's another takeaway from this that I'll get to in one second. There's actually three really important takeaways, and the first of which is that people will just whatever you tell them, people will take at face value. Sure, America's racist. I won't even question it. I won't even challenge it. That's a really dangerous sign for where our country is going. If people are unwilling to question, to push back up against against activist media narratives, against things that are just so incredibly fake and wrong and insidious, of course American society is not racist. It's actually Orwellian. It's the exact opposite. It's not even a lie. It's doublespeak. We are the least racist country ever to exist in the history of the world. We're the most decent country. If we're so racist, why is it that 2 million people have legally immigrated from Africa since the 1980s, more so than ever came here as slaves? If we're so incredibly racist, why is it that the caravan went north for America and not south for Venezuela? Why is it that tens of millions of people that are black and brown skin color want to come into our country? Why do we have this hyperfixation on race at all in the first place? Mostly because the left knows that if they can divide us just based on skin color, they can be in perpetual political power. They know that if they are able to turn people against each other just based on the melanin in their skin, then they are going to be able to assume almost an autocratic control over our country. For good reasons, we have taught our children the worst thing that you could possibly be called is a racist. The worst thing that you can be accused of is racism. And because of that, I think we have done a good job of compensating for any sort of prejudices that are built into the human spirit or the human psyche. I think we actually have done a really good job of this as a country. I think we are so incredibly decent and we've gone out of our way to try to not be racist. You have to go out of your way to try to find that form of racism. And with that being said, there, of course, are individual racists all across America. But is American society racist? I mean, that is such nonsense. It's balderdash. It's rubbish. And it's Orwellian. We've talked about what it means to have something be Orwellian. And if you're tuning into this episode, you didn't listen to the last couple. It's George Orwell, which was a famous author who wrote Animal Farm and also 1984, where something is not just untrue. It is the opposite of the truth. It is incredibly Orwellian to use that, that description. And so that's the number one lesson is that people will believe what they are told. The second lesson is this, is that this is what happens when Republicans don't fight. This is what happens when Senate leadership and House leadership all of a sudden start to run to the hills and start to agree that we should take down all these statues and we should rename these bases. And, oh, you're so right, because an evil cop did something immoral in Minnesota, that means that we should rename a sports team. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Now, mind you, one incident that played to the emotions of the American people, not the logic or the factual nature or historical basis of American psyche, one incident in Minnesota, an evil police officer, which we still do not know if that was racially motivated because they had a relational past. They've known each other for years. And so the motive is TBD. We don't know that the Derek Chauvin, what he did, which was evil, was because George Floyd was black. In fact, if you are imparting that on the situation, you yourself might be trying to find racism where it might not exist. So that one video that has probably been seen hundreds of millions of times just by Americans and on repeat on cable television in perpetuity triggered this entire movement of arson and destruction 
and American hatred and statues being pulled down and the fabric of our country being torn apart and our history being deleted daily and continually. And so then an opportunity arose when they started to attack our country. So then the cultural arsonists went after America was never great. America is an awful country, racist, bigoted, homophobic, all these awful things. And instead of fighting for truth, instead of saying declaratively that the Republican Party is the party that passed the 13th, the 14th Amendment, women's suffrage, passed the Civil Rights Act, Voting Rights Act, has always been on the side of anti-slavery since the founding of the Republican Party in 1864 in Ripon, Wisconsin. Instead of speaking clearly about how our country was founded on freedom and the abolition of slavery, that the first state to abolish slavery was Vermont in 1777, and that Martin Luther King said the abolition of slavery was a promissory note fulfilling the promise of the Declaration of Independence, instead of articulating that, our Republican leadership decided to actually endorse the BLM movement. See, when you have someone like Senator Mike Braun, who, in all fairness, because of pressure from people like me and Tucker Carlson and many others, call them out for it, he has retreated and redacted his statement, even though he doubled down on it at first, and then he realized that he was actually endorsing a bitter Marxist organization that wanted to destroy the fabric of our country. And I've done this before in the program, but it's very important because people like Senator Mike Braun that decided to pander to BLM Inc., this is how you get a poll result like this. This is how you get a poll result where a majority of the country thinks you actually live in an awful country. That's basically what the poll is saying. Do you think that our country is awful? Yes or no? And 56% of Americans believe American society is racist. So they believe that 56% of our society is awful. And it's because, for the second takeaway from this, this is what happens when people like Senator Mike Braun contribute to the lie and don't fight. Play tape. You support the, the Black Lives Matter movement. I support that movement because it's uh, addressing an inequity that has not been solved know, from a grassroots level. And so then the silence from Republicans and including black Republicans that have been running for office has been incredible. And I do want to comment and compliment on Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum. We had both of them on our program in the last month and a half, and they've been incredible. Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum have been absolutely phenomenal in a variety of different ways, articulating the truth. I wish the Republican Party had one one hundredth of the courage that both of those black leaders and black patriots have for our country. And they've been talking about what is moral and what is good and what is true in the world. And instead, we have been faced with a barrage of anti-Americanism that has bubbled up from the bottom. And the third takeaway from this poll that 56% hold a view that American society is racist, which is just the same as saying 56% of our society think American society is awful, that our country is awful. The third takeaway is this. This is not sustainable. It's just not. You cannot survive as a country in its current form and fashion that respects natural rights, private property, economic freedom, free speech, and the Constitution, American exceptionalism, if 56% of your country thinks you're awful. If 56% of American society thinks that we are racist, then my goodness. Now, it's amazing. What I would love to have seen in this poll is, do you think... American society is racist? Yes, 56%. Do you think you're a racist? Everyone would say no. No, I'm not a racist. Are you kidding me? Me? Racist? No way. Third question. 
do you know someone who is racist? Or do you know someone that is bitterly racist? Probably 50-50 would say yes. Fourth, what are you doing about that? Nothing. So the point is this, is that what this goes to show is that most of the people that responded to this poll are not actually answering on something that they are feeling or experiencing or going through, but instead what they see based on the media and the propaganda machine and what they are told to believe. It's not actually something that is happening to them. It is something that they are being told to react to that is happening to them. You go further into the poll, it said an overwhelming majority of Democrats, 90%, said black people are discriminated against without any sort of evidence at all whatsoever. Black people are not being discriminated against in this country systemically, maybe individually. And white people are being discriminated against individually, but not systemically. Actually, white people are being discriminated against systemically. It's called affirmative action. It's called anti-white racism. And 26% of Republicans agreed. A similarly large share of Democrats, 82%, believe all of American society is racist, held by a view by 30% of Republicans. So just so you're clear, we're clear, 30% of Republicans polled think America is awful. 82% of Democrats believe America is awful. So that's the translation here. Democrats think America is awful. And 30% of the Republican Party thinks we're awful. This goes back to my three points. People believe what they are told. When Republicans don't fight and they don't say this is a lie, it multiplies. It goes back to one of the – we have a couple things that we repeat here on the Charlie Kirk Show because repetition is the soul of memory. Problems that are not confronted multiply. Lies that don't go challenged metastasize. So if you just allow something that is a complete and total fabrication, something that is an untruth – that is a form of Orwellian doublespeak, where it's not just something that is a lie, but it is the opposite of the truth, which is not a lie. An opposite of the truth is something so completely different and even more dangerous than lies. And of course, the opposite of a truth is a form of a lie. But sometimes lies can just be within a couple degrees of the truth, where this is the exact opposite. It's as far away from the truth as you could possibly get. And if you don't confront it, Republicans, then all of a sudden you're complicit with it. And if you're listening to this podcast and you are as saddened and you are as disturbed by this poll, by the Wall Street Journal, as I am, then what are you going to do about it? And maybe it's 10 people in your life that you know probably would have answered affirmatively that America was a racist country. Go find those 10 people and communicate to them clearly that America is the most decent, benevolent, generous country ever to exist in the history of the world. And we have provided many sources of factual information to back that up here on this podcast, and we will continue to do that. On Sunday, we had a nearly two-hour episode where we dove into it historically and morally and philosophically. It's called The 1619 Lie, Systemic Racism Debunked. I encourage you to check it out. It's one of my favorite episodes I ever did with Congressman Bob McEwen and Pastor Rob McCoy. If you yourself are not fighting the lies or the untruth or the doublespeak, then you're participating in it. You might be complicit with the downfall and the destruction of America. Look, there is a cultural shift that is happening in the American psyche. And again, I don't mean to be too alarmist here. I'm very careful to be fact-driven and logically based and someone who cares a lot about taking things as in a very in a much more bigger more macro picture i'm not an alarmist but 
I'm going to be as honest as I can with you always because you you listen so intently on what we communicate. This is not sustainable. You can't have a country that sustains itself when 56% of your country thinks you're awful. This is how you get a Vladimir Lenin. This is how you get Fidel Castro. And I don't mean it in the sense that they're all of a sudden going to come and open up death camps immediately. But I am going to say that a socialist-minded demagogue who now communicates to that 56% of the American population and says, hey, America's racist. Elect me, and I'm going to help heal those wounds. Yeah, all of a sudden it becomes really politically popular. And this is one of the, mo- this is one of the biggest lies of the Republican establishment circles. They say, well, we can't fight in the cultural landscape. We can't engage on it. Well, when you don't, first of all, you can and you should. In fact, I think it's more important for lawmakers to engage in the cultural fights than just in the legislative fights. I think that corporate tax policy means a lot less than this poll. I think this poll is way more concerning than the fact that we had a 38% corporate tax rate back in 2016. In fact, I think that it's a big deal that we had a high corporate tax rate. I think that it restricted liberty and restricted freedom. But this is an enormously bigger deal than having a high corporate tax rate. This poll right here, if true, and again, we know polls probably are questionable, so we always have to say that who knows how accurate it is. But let's pretend it's pretty much accurate. If this was 40% of the country believes that we are racist, not 56, it would be, it, it would be an incredibly dangerous sign. 56% of the country, a majority of the country, we know that a majority of young people, 60 to 70% of young people think that American society is racist, not offering any sort of evidence to show that American is, is racist. There is no evidence at all, zero, none whatsoever, to show that America is systemically racist. And if you just say, well, black people don't do as well, well, maybe there's other reasons black people do, aren't doing as well that doesn't have to do with racism. Maybe it's the fact that 77% of black children are born without fathers in the home. Maybe it's because the black community is disproportionately connected to government programs. The, left's, the left loves to play everything as racist. And there are other reasons why people fall behind besides racism, like the destruction of the nuclear family, the growth of government and the infringement on our liberties and freedoms, the decline in attending church across our country, the deindustrialization of our American middle class and our inner cities, incentivizing poor behavior and not acknowledging or rewarding good behavior. And for those of us that have been warning you for about a month and a half now that this is not going to end well, we're correct. If you, if you would have asked this question back in March, and it would actually be really interesting to look at previous polling here. I'm going to ask our team to try to pull up some previous polling from earlier in the year or from last year. Do you think America's American society is racist. I want to just make sure I get the wording of this poll correctly. But it said this, American society is racist. Hold the view that American society is racist. Yeah, that's incredible, 56%. I guarantee that number has gone up dramatically in the last month and a half, all because of the outrage from a singular police officer and three police officers that did nothing in Minnesota, all because of that. It's not because of anything material or new evidence that has been submitted. And this goes to the, the pathology of our country, which is very dangerous, where we have become so emotive, so driven away from facts and into feelings. We have, we, have driven, we have basically retreated from the entire landscape of looking at things analytically. Like, oh, if we were so racist, logically, why is it that tens of millions of people that are black and brown skin want to come into our country? 
Why is it that there's been 2 million people that have legally immigrated here from Africa? That's kind of funny. And so this poll, if true or even remotely true within the margin of error, is is signed for national dissolution or as Ben Shapiro correctly calls it, disintegration. It is. Because if you go through this decision-making process, highly logical, one of the worst things that you can call somebody is a racist. So just to put it in context of how troubling this poll is, according to Gallup, back in 2008, 70% of non-Hispanic whites said 70% said that race relations were very good in our country. 51% of blacks, I'm sorry, 61% of blacks in 2008 said race relations were very good. How about 2013? 72% of non-Hispanic whites said race relations were very good or somewhat good, whereas 66% of blacks said race relations were very good. So wait, what happened between 2013 and now? Oh, wait, Donald Trump became president. All of a sudden we became a racist country. Really? So it declined to now the opposite, where 44 percent, 44 percent, according to this poll, said that America is racist. It was as high as the moving average between 72 percent for non-Hispanic whites and 66 percent. So let's just say for argument's sake, 68 percent will handicap it more in the direction of not so good to 44, a 20 point decline from a decent country to an indecent country. That's according to Gallup. So we, we, we have never seen this kind of decline. We haven't. And mind you, one of the reasons that this is not sustainable is if you go through this decision-making matrix, right? One of the worst things you can call somebody is a racist for good reason. If you are called that, you want to atone and you want to change the way you are. You don't want to be called that any longer. No different if your country is called that. So if your country believes that themselves that they are awful, then what's to say they don't want to have a revolution next and not the type of revolution that will end well, a revolution the likes of which somewhere in Cuba, China, Venezuela, or Russia. I'm watching this video of 50 police officers be assaulted in the streets of Chicago. If you haven't seen this video, it's absolutely maddening and frustrating and sickening. I see statues being torn down. I see our history being deleted. And a lot of it stems from our university system and our culture, and also from the decline of the American middle class where they don't feel that they are invested in the very country that they live in. Tomorrow we're going to dive into, this was the cultural aspect of this poll. I had to address this poll and around it, and also how the Democrat media mob is trying to come for those of us that fight. And so I want to thank those of you that support us at charliekirk.com slash support, charliekirk.com slash support. You help us stay self-sufficient and self-sustainable away from attempted left-wing boycotts of this program and many others at charliekirk.com slash support. Tomorrow, we are going to give you the Middle Class Revival show where we are going to go piece by piece of how we revive the American middle class so that we can have a sustainable and prosperous 21st century and beyond. So email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com for your suggestions of how we can revive the American middle class so that we can have a country that flourishes and prospers so that this nonsensical Marxism falls on deaf ears and people feel invested in the very country that they live in. If you guys want to win a signed copy of the MAGA Doctrine, take out your phone, type in Charlie Kirk Show, hit subscribe, 
Give us a five-star review, screenshot it, and email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Please consider getting involved with Turning Point USA. You can do so by going to tpusa.com, tpusa.com. Check out our new editions on professorwatchlist.org. That is professorwatchlist.org, where we are keeping an eye on the professors that are teaching your children to hate America, professorwatchlist.org, and consider participating in divestu.com. Pull your resources from higher education so that they no longer have your hard-earned money to teach our children to destroy America. Thank you guys for listening. Email me your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. We are going to go right after the middle class revival tomorrow. Also listen to our sister episode today with Dr. Simone Gold. A lot of good information there about masks, hydroxychloroquine, the Chinese coronavirus, and so much more. Listen to that sister episode. And tomorrow we have the great Dennis Prager joining our program. Thank you guys so much. Email me your questions you want me to ask Dennis and so much more at freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.